0: And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Tony Kerwin, the founder and president of Destiny Rescue. How you doing, mate? Going great. It's great. great to connect with you today. And uh, I've been a big fan of Destiny Rescue for many years. I'm looking forward to hearing you share the story today. But let's hear a bit of your story, mate. Whereabouts were you born and raised?
1: I was actually born in Pukekohe, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, lived there for the first ten years, um, and then as a family, we moved over to Australia. And uh, Dad went through Bible College and ended up uh, starting the church up in Cairns, North Queensland. Okay, yeah, lived there for another twenty years.
0: And you were involved in youth ministry there for a while, huh? Hey?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did a little, a little bits and pieces.
0: Mm-hmm. And what about your faith journey? Did you come to the Lord at an early age?
1: Yeah, I, I would guess I was around five. I was, I was a young fellow going to Sunday school in, in New Zealand and that's where I definitely made my first commitment.
0: Mhm. And you've been involved in seeing children rescued from poverty and abuse for many years yeah. and you used to run your own electrical contracting company for years and then yeah. you sold everything mm-hmm. and started Destiny Rescue in 2001. Tell us what led to that event. Uh, it's
1: Quite a simple story, really. Um, I heard someone uh, talking about a American guy going through Bangkok and um, he was offered children for sale, that he could buy for $400 US dollars and do anything he wanted to with. Um, and I'd never heard of uh, people selling people, let alone men buying children to do all these yucky things too. So... Um, I'm a dad, I've got gorgeous kids of my own, and I think probably from that uh, perspective I just knew I had to um, stand up for these kids and do something.
0: And so how did it start?
1: Uh, Quite simply, I had no idea. All I knew is that I was called to start um, uh, helping kids. Um, I knew that we were called to be rescuing children out of the sex trade, but When uh, we first started, I um, believed God put widows and orphans on my heart, which I believe was just a a learning ground for me. Um, So I simply jumped on the internet and tried to search for the uh, worst country in the world, most poverty and whatever, and uh, Mozambique was actually the first um, country that we started because it was going through droughts and floods and had come out of a civil war and, and things were pretty ugly, so... I simply jumped on a plane and flew over there and went through the slums and identified 234 orphan children um, that were still living with their great mum and started the project.
0: And how many countries are you in now?
1: Uh, we're currently in six project nations and three funding nations.
0: It's been incredible the growth and uh, you know I, I visited Cambodia and Thailand a number of years back and connected with Destiny Rescue orphanages there. And I remember seeing a bunch of young girls in Cambodia uh, make some Anzac cookies and make me a, make me a coffee. Yeah. And they were very shy and they were very standoffish because, you know, I'm a big white Aussie bloke yeah. and uh, I'm probably, I probably look like one of the guys that may have, you know, uh, yeah, abused them in the be. past. Yep, and uh, I, I just smiled and loved them, and I did some juggling actually, and I think I won won their hearts over, uh, okay. and ended up chatting to them, showing them photos of my my kids, and yep. uh, I just it just broke my heart what these young girls had been through, and then I saw them end up uh, sewing dresses for a a Brisbane ballet company. And I thought, wow, they're getting skills. They're learning how to not just get a hand out but a hand up, you know. Uh, Tell us how all all this came about, you know, Uh, the the idea of training them and getting them set on the right path in life.
1: Sure. Um, It's definitely been a journey for us. Um, We found as we started to try and rescue these kids out of the sex trade uh, that it wasn't enough just to get them out of the brothels um, because if we didn't uh, train them and give them a way that they could produce an income, the same pressures that got them into that yucky stuff in the first place are still there. So we found out fairly quickly on it that uh, we had to give them training. A lot of that can uh, be done in-house, like we've, we've started quite a few businesses. Um, coffee coffee shops, restaurants, uh, hair salon, uh, sewing, screen printing, jewelry making. Uh so they can actually be trained within Destiny Rescue, but if their dream um, is to be uh something that we don't have, then we'll find external uh vocational training and then we'll um, we've got job placement officers that will um, help them find a job so they can have sustainable employment.
0: It's such an inspirational idea, and uh, I know that um, you've got homes in, you know, Cambodia and Thailand that I, I've visited. Uh, your other ones are, are in other other nations, like uh, Philippines, yeah. uh, uh, Mozambique. You're still there?
1: Mozambique we actually closed that project, um, but we're, we're in um, Laos and um, India, and we're just launching in Dominican Republic.
0: Wow! Wow! Yeah, inspirational. And you get a lot of Aussies coming and helping out because you're based in Aussie, but do you get a lot of people from around the world as well?
1: Yeah, well, well, we've got a funding base in New Zealand and also in America, so we we get a a lot of Americans and New Zealanders volunteering as well, plus a few um, nations that we don't have uh, funding bases in. So, yeah, we've got a great crew overseas. Uh, Predominantly our staff are um, nationals of whatever country we're working in, but we certainly embrace help from um, Westerners
0: too. I remember chatting to one American guy that was volunteering uh, with Destiny Rescue and he shared that he had been into the brothels to rescue some of the girls and uh, he, he said he'd never seen anything like it in all his life but he just felt it was the most rewarding thing because he's got daughters and he just thought I'm rescuing someone's daughters here, you know. Is it, isn't it dangerous when you go in to do this?
1: Uh, yeah, There is the um, potential for things to go wrong and they've gone wrong a little bit from time to time but our guys really are um, professionals and they are able to get in and out of these places usually undetected by the owners and the managers. So that allows us to return if needed and um, also obviously makes it a lot safer for our team and the girls that we're trying to rescue.
0: When the girls get rescued from the brothel, Mm -hmm. Do they get then taken to a safe home and get medical checks? What's what's the process?
1: Sure. Um, Most of the girls we rescue come straight into our home and uh, they're immediately um, hooked up with a caseworker and also uh, some form of medical liaison. And they'll do medical checks and then also our counsellors will do um, psych tests and all that sort of stuff. So... The goal is once they enter the program within 6 to 12 months, if they'll be able to walk out the door um, as whole as possible, um, that they would be functional um, and be able to reintegrate them back into normal society. So, yeah, we try and attack everything and fix it up.
0: And since 2011, you've rescued over 1,100 children from the sex trade and that number continues to climb. Sorry, 1,400. Wow, wow. Uh, it's incredible to see the, uh, the the impact that you're having. Uh, do a lot of the girls end up working back in the homes?
1: Uh, we have had some work in the homes or um, by far uh, the ones that stay with us would work in one of our businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, the majority of the girls, we would move through the program and back into just normal uh, life within wherever they're from, um, could be a nurse or an accountant or, a, uh, you know, having a stall at the market. Just whatever their, their dream is, we try and empower them into that. So, yeah, um, and, some with us, some, some move through.
0: And do you ever rescue boys?
1: Uh, we, we have rescued boys. Um, just percentage-wise, there's so many more girls uh, trapped in the sex trade than our boys. So we definitely come across heaps more girls than we do boys.
0: And tell us a bit about uh, the conversion rate. Do do they all come to Christ or just most of them? Uh,
1: All I can say with 100% certainty is every child is given multiple opportunities to receive Christ. And because they've really seen the love of God in a very tangible, practical way, um, by far majority um, give their hearts to Jesus. I mean, a story I love to tell is um, in Cambodia we had 91 girls that we had freshly rescued and we presented God to them for the very first time and all 91 of them gave their hearts to Jesus. Mm. But, um, you know, regardless of whether they choose the Christian faith or not, we, we love them just as much, we give them just as much help. Um, it's it's not dependent on them becoming Christians by any shape or form.
0: Because in a lot of the nations you're working in, uh, Buddhism would be the primary religion, is that right?
1: Absolutely, yep. Yes. High 90% is.
0: High 90%. And do you find that a lot of them are just kind of Buddhist by tradition, or are they devout Buddhists? Uh,
1: Most of them are It's just so intertwined with their uh, culture, their day-to-day living, that um, yeah, it's just, I wouldn't say very many of them are devout Buddhists. It's Mm. just been something they've brought up on. I guess, um, same as a lot of Aussies, we'd call ourselves a Christian nation, but um, we probably don't all live exactly—well, none of us live exactly what the Bible says, <laughs> but none of us—most of us probably don't live it out as a, um, a living faith.
0: Now, you guys partner with churches, and uh, people can, you know, obviously make donations. People can connect yep. with you on social media. What about yep. short-term mission trips? Is that something that, that you guys are promoting a lot?
1: Yeah, we do. We have um, teams going over every month, except for probably December around Christmas. Um, I think last year we had 32 teams come over, um, and they're all. Most of them are two-week trips. Um, we might have one or two one-week trips for those who can't do a full two-week. So yeah, basically, any date that you could think of, there's um, probably going to be a team trip available. So just jump online. All that info is there.
0: And what kind of work do they do on the trip?
1: Um, a lot of it is. Uh, just seeing the work for themselves first hand, and then it comes down to the makeup of the team and the skill set that the um, team members have. So, if there's builders, then obviously they might do some sort of building, or we might go up into Hill Tribe villages and dig a uh, fish pond, or put in a toilet, or put in running water for someone, or um, we might paint, uh, repaint one of the children's homes. it's a uh, wide variety of things, or it might be as simple as sitting down with the rescue girls and painting their nails um, and braiding their hair and making them feel special. So it just comes back to uh, what the makeup is of the team and, and also the needs at the time.
0: And I know that uh, when it comes to the work of Destiny Rescue, uh, you're very much at a grassroots level. Uh, dealing with the girls one on one and rescuing them, but I've heard of other groups like International Justice Mission. I heard Gary Haugen speak years yes. ago, and he shared about the corruption uh, yes. when it comes to the brothel owners, the police, the judges. Yes. Uh, yes. Do, do you find that that's that's still rife?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we we do that side sort of things. Same as IJM, we go in there and uh, work with the police and we do raids and get people arrested and thrown in jail and brothels shut down. And uh, it really is so important to make those key contacts with the police because if you're dealing with ones that are corrupt, then um, we've proven ourselves that about two out of three raids that we set up fall through because uh, the police call the brothel owner to tell them that they're on their way to do the raid. Um, but when you link in with uh, police that are really there to do their job, we've we've had a hundred percent success rate. So it's um, corruption, unfortunately, is is a big thing that we have to deal with. But it's a fight worth fighting.
0: Well, it is an in- inspirational story of. Uh a young Kiwi slash Aussie who uh, decided to go out and reach out to the world and and have a look at uh, all the lives that have been impacted. And I'm sure there's going to be many great stories to come. Uh, Now, before we go, I always like to ask our guests to share the good news of Jesus. You know, there might be people listening that have never heard the gospel. They might want to respond today. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it?
1: Oh, I mean, it's very uh, simple. I mean, I think if every one of us looked at ourselves we would see very clearly that we are far from perfect and um, God is perfect and, uh, and that that the things that we do wrong is what separates us from God and the Bible calls that sin and, uh, and God as it says in John 3.16 um, he loves us so much that he is willing to send his son to die for us to make that uh, bridge back to him and um, I am so grateful that that he did that because I know how much I sin every single day and, and I'm doing my best to be living um, a, a real Christian life and um, I'm grateful for um, what Jesus did for me and, and it's just a simple thing to um, reach out and just talk to God, I mean he is everywhere and just um, tell him you know I acknowledge I I need someone to save me. I I need someone to uh, take this burden of all the things that I've got wrong that are haunting me in my conscience and and just to take it away and and really it is simple as that and and, uh, Jesus can come in and and take that junk away that we're carrying Um, and then if if you did that I'd I'd encourage you to um, reach out and plug into a local church so... Um, other, other people who are you know, walking this journey longer can help you because you know, I'm sure you'll have plenty of questions and um, and we're always all learning. So plug into a local church and um, live strong.
0: Go for it. Absolutely. Well, it's inspirational to hear your story. We've been speaking with Tony Kerwin, the founder of Destiny Rescue. If people want to find out more, you can search for them on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Destinyrescue.org is the website.